lead with uh, awesome success and, and confidence. Oh, I love it. This is going to be a phenomenal interview. Um, so it is. I mean, this All subject. Right. Welcome um, in. I'm to trying to make sure that Entrepreneur Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. What's up and welcome into Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. And uh, without further ado, let's dive into these sponsorships. So Epiphany uh, and Converge, both companies of Rick Meekins, fantastic company to work with if you're looking for proposals, rather if you're looking for help with your systems, uh, the architecture of those systems and how they relate together and, and work together to make sure that you are operating at max capacity, um, organizing and juggling 30 or more employees and contractors. And uh, Rick is a great friend of mine. He's also a uh, phenomenal business owner and, and really good at putting together scope of works that help um, small, medium-sized businesses advance their visions further and faster. Um, AbleHealth.us as well. Dr. Seth Yates, um, big shout out to him. He is a naturopath. He's a great friend of mine. One thing I don't talk about is his musician capabilities. He's actually got a band um, and is extremely talented. He's one of the most diverse people that I've ever met. One of those unicorns that seems to be able to just be great at at all the things that I've seen him do in life. Um, so sure he has, has his flaws, I haven't seen them yet. But what that means for you and I, from an AbleHealth.us perspective is, um, we've got somebody who's got a very good balance in terms of how he approaches a healthy lifestyle. And so the types of supplements that he recommends, uh, his approach to exercise and nutrition um, is one that I have extreme confidence in, and that's why I'm grateful to call him one of my greatest friends. Um, so. The uh, other opportunity here that I never want to forget talking about is the water project um, and giving people the opportunity to invest in, um, you know, something that means more to um, other human beings out there uh, that, you know, you can change a life because you can save a life. Um, and uh, right over in, over in Africa right now, there's a lot of villages that don't have access to clean drinking water. They have to walk for miles to get access to unsanitary drinking water, even just to survive. You can imagine the health crisis that that caused um, that we don't have to deal with on a regular basis. So um, I would, I would, um, I am not asking strongly. Uh, look at how much you can give. Give a dollar. Uh, that's all you can give to. Again, the water project. Go check it out and see because it is so cool to see the transformation of a community take place because they, they take all the social media presence, like show you what's going on, how they're building the sand dam that they're building or the borehole um, water well. And then you get to see the transformation of these people and kind of get to know their personalities, their stories, and understand how much it means to have clean drinking water for the first time. So um, with that said, um, I've got Doug Barna coming on the show today, and he's a coach, a mentor, an engineer. And I like that he says he's an organizing weirdo on a distant runner and mountain hiker. Um, he's also big on the concept of leadership. Um, he's always been passionate for teaching, helping, supporting everyone um, that has a good heart. And after 15 years of engineering, he transitioned to teach and coach other technical leaders. Um, anybody that is trying to lead people, whether you're technical or not, can benefit tremendously from hearing out his concepts and, uh, and understanding leadership from a new angle. So without further ado, Doug, thank you so much for being here and uh, being willing to enlighten us with your vision. Well, thank you, Jackson. That was a very kind opening. Thanks. Well, absolutely, man. You're a kind-hearted person, and I got to know that in our our uh, two-minute prelude um, before the show. 
Um, so thanks for, for trusting in my team and in the process to be on the show. I'm going to ask before a, a little bit stranger of a question. Um, what inspired you to be on Vision Pros? Why did you want to take this opportunity? I think, I mean, not only is just kind of the, the title kind of catchy, um, but I think, yeah, just getting out your vision and sharing it with other people so that they can see that their vision might not be that strange. Um, I, yeah. I, I appreciate that you pointed out that I'm an organizational weirdo. Um, <laughs> I say that again, just to point out that you're, you're, you're not a weirdo if you are doing something that you love, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, and you're doing something that is helping another person. So yeah, I mean, the vision pros, the whole vision in your, in your title, like that's kind of what I, I try to help people with is see their vision and then go work and attack it. And so nice. um, any, any chance I can get to come out and talk and, and share that with other people, uh, hopefully even just one person hears it and, 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 you know, tackles their vision and goes after their stuff. Dude, we, we resonate on that together. I see your eyes are on fire too, as you talk about this. And that that's awesome. Like I said, you can learn so much um, from somebody by, by the way they present themselves. So uh, I define a little bit of who should listen, but I'd love to hear from you. Who should be listening to you? Why should they listen to you about leadership? And what are they going to get out of today's show? Oh, man. Uh, that's a really personal question. Um, I mean, anyone who's looking for help, um, that is what really drives me is trying to help other folks. Um, maybe it's the leadership thing in me, but if, if you're struggling, if you're going home from work and you, you're just frustrated, um, you're burnt out, you're going home and you're not spending enough time or focus with your family and friends, um, then, you know, maybe, yeah, maybe take some time and take a, take a listen. I'm here to help you guys lead. I'm also here to help you guys understand that, you know, work doesn't have to be so stressful. You don't have to be burnt out and we can, we can do all that stuff. You guys are really, really good at what you do. Um, the job that you do, the individual contributions that you put together, but you know, sometimes work is really difficult and it's difficult because of the people. We all work around people. We all work with people. Um, and sometimes that's the headache and that's what I focus mm. on. So if you're really if you're really good at your job, but you go home and you're frustrated and you just don't know why, it could be that you, you know, you're struggling with the people and the folks that you, you work with. And that's what I focus on. I focus on how do you build personal relationships? How do you understand other people? Um, and so that you don't have to stress out and go home all burnt out so that you can spend the time with your friends and family when you get home from work. Mm. Wow, that's deep. Um, any entrepreneur who's uh, been at the game for five plus years understands the value of what you just said. Uh, so with that said, in 15 seconds, what's your personal vision for you? Yeah, my, my personal vision was or is to help to help folks. I, I, I got into this, like I said, as you pointed out, you know, I've been, I was an engineer for you know, 15 years. And I just saw people going home, like I, I mentioned just a few minutes ago, that they go home, they're stressed out, they come back to work, they're stressed out, they're burnt out, things are just going crazy. And I was always one that could help with that. And so that always, that always got me to work. That always got me to have a good experience working. And that's my vision is to help other people have that experience as well. So 
as a leader, you can burn out because you got to deal with conflict. You got to deal with people. You got to deal with all of that stuff going on. But as mm -hmm. an employee or as a team member, you can burn out because your leader sucks or that they don't know how to handle this kind of stuff or they don't know how to answer your questions. And so that was my vision was just like, life's too short to go home angry all the time. Life's too short to, you know, for some reason, you know, we live in this world where we got to work. Like we might as well just kind of do it peacefully. We don't have to do it with such headaches and frustration and, you know, that top down command and control type of garbage. And that's, that's, that's my vision is to clean out the garbage so people can just kind of be happy and peaceful again. Nice, man. I, well, I've been that, I've been that leader who sucks. Um, I've been that guy who has the leader who sucks too. Um, you know, and there's definitely things that we can learn to improve um, our own ability to, to, to level up there. So um, you've shared quite a lot about it um, and, and what you talked about, but is there anything else you'd like to add as far as, um, you know, what's your vision for those that you serve directly? Um, maybe what is the point A that they're, they're stuck, in, stuck at, but more what are some of the outcomes uh, B that they'll be, they'll be looking at beyond the, the generic of more time with family, more time with friends? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just about, it's just about ease. Um, so I kind of go in a different, kind of different steps of the ladder. Um, okay. You know, a lot of folks that you might talk to are entrepreneurs. And eventually you would hope that they're growing to, you know, six, seven figures. And so that would mean that they would need a team. My vision for you, my vision for other entrepreneurs is, are you ready to take on that team? So a lot of solopreneurs, we spend a lot of time by ourselves. And so we may miss out on some of those interactions with people and team building and other things like that. So are you prepared that when you grow your business and you're ready to bring on assistants or contractors or even your first employee, are you able and willing to actually work with them as a team member? Now, if you're mm -hmm. in corporate, you know, and you're maybe somebody in mid-level management, you know, are you actually helping your team grow and are you thinking about those folks? A lot of times we're growing in corporate and that's again, a, a little bit of a selfish thing. We're trying to grow that corporate ladder. We're trying to you know, push ourselves and compete against ourselves. But when you're a leader, you're, you have other people's um, lives in your hands. Are you, are you embracing the, that responsibility and are you helping them grow? Are you helping them be successful? Are you helping them go home with some peace and quiet so that they can spend time with their friends and family? And then that third rung is the people who want that position. Um, I'm, I'm here to help you get that position, get more money, get more responsibility if that's what you want. First, we got to understand if that's what you want. It, there's nothing wrong with being an individual contributor, uh, an employee, or, or just a team member. You don't have to be a leader to grow. But if you do want to grow, again, do you know the responsibility that you're taking on? Are you going to understand that? And then at the same time, can we organize and focus you on hey, I got a, a group of people that I'm responsible for. And so it's not just me, it's, it's also them. So how can I help them not hate, hate their lives or their career? And how can I help them actually love their lives and their career? So kind of, yeah. you know, taking that on as a three rung, um, kind of a, a three ring circus, if you will. Yeah. I got you. Absolutely. And so um, how long have you been an entrepreneur, Doug? Ah, uh, so... We're about four and a half now. Four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and how many years did you spend as a technical leader? 
Oh man, I was a technical leader pretty much my whole career. Um, started out as a project yeah, leader. You're not 80. I mean, but maybe you're older than I think, but you look pretty young, dude. How old are you? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm for, 41. So, oh my gosh, uh, you're lucky. That, so. <laughs> I look 41. <laughs> you so, look 35. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's probably all that running and hiking that I try to do to try and just keep things a little bit uh, youthful. You. Yeah. But no, yeah, I was. Uh, I mean, I was a project lead for the beginning of my career. Uh, most of that time, again, you know, you're, you're leading people. So that's how many years, though, for project lead, tech lead? Yeah, about 10, 10. And then as a manager, yeah. engineering manager, about five. Yep. Awesome. Yep. What size What size teams were these? Um, so the tech lead, man, there's, it could be anything from 10, 12, 20 people, um, all different departments, all different backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. That's kind of where you learn how to really handle different people and different different things going on emotionally and culturally and you know just background stuff and then as an engineer my uh, as an engine sorry as an engineering manager my biggest team got to seven people yep seven people yes okay awesome and so you're managing that that team of seven people and and how long did you work with them for uh, about five years oh wow so same team for five years uh, no, some some came and went. Um, obviously, when I got my promotion into that, some some people decided that I wasn't the guy for them, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so then I got to hire on some of some other people as well. So some of those people, not the whole five years, maybe just a year or so, just as I hired them on and and brought them onto the team. Awesome. Well, these those those rich stories that um, you know, if you ever wrote it, write a book like Dr. Peter Drucker mm -hmm. or, or somebody like that, you know, it's it's those nuances of stories um, mm -hmm. that that really pull back the curtain on, on the application of the, the principles that you're, mm -hmm. you're teaching. So um, I'd love to ask you, what is your worst business experience ever? My worst business experience as in like entrepreneurship Leadership experience, okay. <laughs> business experience, entrepreneurship, yep. you feel free to, to take that the way you want to. All right. Yeah, no, uh, my worst experience was my last experience in corporate America. So what really drove me into entrepreneurship and drove me into this. So, um, I mean, it was the worst culture I've ever been around. Um, it was just, it was absolutely hellacious. Um, you and I name say names. That, what culture? <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead. Keep going. I mean, it, little, a little, um, detective work and you might be able to figure it out, but I'm not uh, going to name names. I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> but um, no, that's kind of what drove me into, into this, but it was, it was, it was, it was hell for me. Now I say that because yeah. I also talk about this in my leadership stuff is, you know, cultures are dependent on who you are too. So some people love that culture. Some people thought that that was the greatest thing ever. And for me and other people, we thought that that was just the worst thing we could have ever experienced. And that drove me sense. to, yeah. And that drove me to the culture uh, or that drove me to the entrepreneurship side, which was helping people. So I had to learn. I had to figure it all out. And basically for myself, because the culture was that way. So, um, you know, before that, everything was great. You know, I was good teams. Everybody worked together. Everybody was doing that stuff. So I had all those skills in a good environment. But then, wow, when we you go into a hellacious environment, you've got a lot of stuff that you got to learn. Yes. Unfortunately, I didn't have the mentorship. And even though I asked, part of the hellacious culture is we're not going to give you any of this mentorship. So I had to do kind of do it all on my own. With that being said, 
I also had to, I didn't have to, but I offered up to help other people. Why? Because they were asking me for help. They were in the same situation. Things were going crazy. Things were bad. And I guess they saw me being successful. So, hey, let's ask Doug and, and see what, what can happen and, and let's work together and hopefully he can help mentor me. So that's kind of where the business at its start and its feet, which was just me with my coworkers, just helping them understand what was going on with other people, other departments. And once I had enough of the, uh, of, of the, the culture, once um, that manager um, just, you know, kind of got me to the point where it was time to leave um, as a nice way of putting it, that's when I left. And that's when, uh, you know, all of acclaimed summits and all of my coaching and mentorship started um, was when I just couldn't take it anymore, which obviously, you know, it was kind of the universe telling you like, Hey Doug, you know, you know, that idea, if you got, yeah. you know, noodling around in your brain, that's, it's time to go give that a try. And so uh, I finally listened and, and that's where the rest it's is history. So I interesting, man. How many entrepreneurs I've heard stories about watched documentaries or interviewed that, that they're, worst experience ends up being what propels their best like accomplishment or next step or their focus. It is so strange how life does that consistently with people. So you brought up something that uh, I want to just highlight for anybody who's listening right now. Um, and that is it, there's a difference in out and re you know, not realizing that you are the problem, um, right? With the, the cultural fit and recognizing that there are certain cultures that you don't belong in. Um, one, for instance, for me is Apple. I would love to be part of a culture like Apple. And at the same time, I freaking hate their products like with a passion. Um, and, and so like I, I cannot get their darn products to work right. And I, I get it. And a lot of people are going to hate me for that. But um, like I wouldn't fit well there because I'm just I would be a negative Ned. And that's not who I am either. Right. But then there's something like you go to the mall and there's that store that Spencer's, you know, like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like to go in there once in a while, and peek around. <laughs> but I last about Hmm, 30 seconds before I feel uncomfortable. It's just not my store. Like it's not my vibe. Yep. I don't like yep. it. Like it's, yep. but I, I enjoy like going in and seeing it, but yep. to work in that dark room with mm. all of that hoarding stuff around you, like, so it feels like a hoarder's paradise. Um, you know, so that's not where I want to work. I wouldn't fit in well there. It'd be a horrible team member. So mm. you have to evaluate the environments that you want to be a part of as part of the opportunity to realize that there's environments where you're going to be a great leader. And there's a, an environment too, where you may be an awful leader as would I, and both of those. So moving forward to your best experience, what's your best experience ever in business or leadership or both? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Cause I don't know if I've gotten there yet. Let's put it, let's say that. What's your best one so far? So you can, you can slow down. It's all right. You can start <laughs> to think about it. So this could be something, uh, you know, while you were interning, um, even let alone being a leader, it could be something you learned from a mentor, but something that just got you like jazz and you were like, wow, this is what I want work in life to feel or be like. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm just, I'm loving life now, like helping the people that I'm helping. Um, so that's kind of why it's hard. Like I'm, I'm also looking back into the, the history of, of my career and, and the different things like that to see if something triggered me to go this direction, but I think it's this direction. So, I mean, maybe it's, it. maybe it was the hellacious culture. That was also my best experience. <laughs> funny, funny. Well, you said now, like, I like the presence. I, if I, you know, had a drink, I'd say, cheers, brother. Like yep. that's, Thanks. 
you know, that's, uh, that's the place where we would all love to be at all times of life. Um, you know, and it's, it's not always possible, but enjoy it while you're in the moment. So what makes it so special right now? Because I get to help people. Um, I, I do. I just, I really appreciate seeing that weight lifted off of people's shoulders. Um, you know, from, from my physics background, I mean, I know a lot about weight and friction and, and pressure and forces and all that kind of stuff from physics. You talk and about that, the weight being lifted off yep. these people's shoulders. Tell me, yep. tell me a little bit more about that in depth. Like what, what weight is it that you've seen come off people's shoulders? Uh, what are some examples of that without naming their names? Of course, you know, oh, well, Betty's not sick of Sue anymore, but you know, not to go that <laughs> deep. But what are some of these things that, that, that is a, a weight coming off their shoulders? No, I mean, that's, that's one that, that triggers a great, um, you know, kind of customer success story, if you will, is working with one of my, one of my very first student clients who wanted a better relationship with their manager and just couldn't understand him. Like he, he, he she liked his, liked him as, his, as her manager. She liked him as a coworker, was really appreciative of it, but she knew she was in the wrong kind of area in her career. She was also taking some um, after after work courses at the local you know community college to grow her career and skill set, um, and she didn't know how to transition what she was learning with what her aspirations and goals were with her job and her career with this leader and manager that was you know this person over here. Again, really liked the manager, but just didn't know how to communicate with him, didn't know how to get help out of him, didn't know, didn't have the confidence necessarily to, you know, tell him stuff that, you know, she might have been afraid to say because that might have hurt the relationship or might have hurt her career. So we worked a lot on that. Um, we got her vision together, um, put that down on a piece of paper so she could, could re reference it and look at it. We talked about how and what she could look at from a man, her manager standpoint so that she could get little clues as to how he behaves and what his character is like and what he's interested in um, to kind of start those conversations and, and ease into how you, you might make a difficult um, suggestion. Uh, long, long story short, she opened up to this manager. The relationship grew. Um, and he actually helped her um, get into another position within the company because of her educational background and all the stuff that she started sharing with him. Like he was now going in the background and talking to his his peers at his levels and saying, hey, what's opening up? What what can she fit into? She's a great um, employee, obviously. All these kinds of conversations were going on. Had she not opened mm -hmm. up, had she not shared that this was her goal and this was her vision for her career, like she would have either had to quit and find a new job or she would have had to, she stayed in the company. She was able to move with the company and she lives in another country now. So she's exploring the world and all that kind of stuff while keeping her job through the pandemic wow. and all the other crazy stuff that was going on. So like just having that fear was okay. She got help and she started talking to her, her manager in a very positive way. And the, you know, lo and behold, it just led to a very positive path for her career and her life. So, wow, just that, that was, yeah, you, you, you triggered that memory and that one, that one's a good one. I like that one. I like Brother, that. you have no <laughs> idea how relevant your story was to first class business. Um, a couple of our client opportunities right now.
um, and and just opportunities for growth. Um, we we've been talking about this exact type of scenario um, regarding several different team members, um, and and there are you know our opportunity to influence them as as said manager, but also our opportunity for them, the opportunity for them to uh, learn to express the same things. So mm-hmm. that was super powerful and relevant for us. Um, Doug, if, if you were to uh, look at the world of businesses out there, leaders out there, et cetera, and kind of pinpoint the ideal scenario you would go into. Um, and so when I say ideal scenario, I'm talking about a client that has an unideal scenario, right? They're, they're, or, or it's a client that needs some leadership help. Um, they want the leadership help. Maybe they're desperate for it. I don't know what that ideal scenario looks like for you. You know, if you're a firefighter who goes in and fixes things, or if you're more like a therapist that deals with people after the fire happens, um, right? There's lots of different angles of leadership. Um, if you can have a magic wand that gave you any client or any scenario like that, what would that scenario be like? I shouldn't say magic wand. I should say like superhero cape, right? You're Superman. You show up at the right time in the right place for the right people. What does that environment look like? Is it one person? Is it a hundred people? Is it a department? Is it a brand? Yeah. Um, I like the interactions between people. I think that's probably comes from my background as the project engineer and the project lead where I know what's going on in manufacturing and then qualities over here and supply chain has an issue and they all intertwine on this weird spider web of, of craziness. And so when it, when you ask that question, yeah, I think the ideal thing is probably a department that, or, or a business. I prefer um, the smaller businesses, like the huge, you know, thousands of thousands of people that, that would not be ideal, but you know, smaller businesses, 200 tops, where we're really working on how those interactions work so that we can see them in real time. Mm. One of the big things that I really focus on is practice and how people can practice leadership skills, which is, which is something that is very tricky and most people then kind of ignore or they don't do. But when you can work with different departments or even within a department, you can now see how skills you're learning can now start to work because you now have examples of where, okay, so we worked on maybe a conflict resolution issue and we have a real life example between employee A and employee B. So now we can see that actually resolved and how that relationship got better. Um, I love working with individuals, um, but you know, if you ask me ideal, I also, I like being able to see and show how, how all of this is working and how all of it is playing out. It's much more powerful. Um, again, we go back to that weight being lifted off of people's shoulders, and that's kind of when it when it happens is when they actually see it. Wow, that thing that we Doug and I talked about last week mm-hmm. that happened, and here here it goes, and it's like okay. And so, um, seeing the interactions is kind of more yeah. or less my ideal stuff. So. I love it. It's a it's um, a dynamic, interactive approach to leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so it, not that you couldn't help somebody with a one-on-one, um, but it's just a different, it's a different style of, mm-hmm. of providing solutions, um, that, um, allows you to, like you said, to work with multiple people at once. So anybody with 200 people or less in their, in their company, um, you know, it would be a great idea to bring you in. And do you mm-hmm. do workshops, um, with people? Do you go on site? Is this all virtual? Um, or, 
uh, you know, and do you provide lesson materials? What's a, what does it look like to work with you? Uh, yes. <laughs> All of you. <the> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, a lot of, a lot of what we do is we start out by really understanding what, what your problems are, what the company's problems are, or the individual's issues are, or at least what they think it is. From there, then we can kind of tailor. Well it. said. <laughs> we often think we know the problem, but we have no idea. Yeah. That's right. And so we can then tailor it. So if, to your point, like, do they want me to come in? Do they want me to, is it okay if we just do it virtually? Is it, do you want me to just work with one-on-one? -on -one? Do you want me to come in and work on a very broad topic? So then I could teach and I do have materials on certain topics that we teach. So I do have that. And then from there, because, you know, a department or a team is all on the same page, I can branch off with individuals and work with them more specifically. And that's kind of usually what, what, how I've done it in the past is I go into a smaller group or a team. We kind of do a more textbook type of training. So everybody has terminology and just, you know, uh, descriptions and definitions. And then when, because I worked with maybe upper management or their leadership, they have like a, these two people, they're kind of on that track for leadership. We'd really like you to kind of go one-on-one -on -one with them. And so then I do go one-on-one -on -one with, with those people that we kind of pick out. Um, but because again, we have a whole team that's now on the same page with, you know, the, the certain topics that, you know, Doug shared um, that helps support these guys as well. These individuals, because now everybody knows what they're trying to do. They're, they know what they're talking about. Um, and so they can all support each other as, as everyone grows. Excellent. Now, do you find that, is there a point of no return? Um, and what I mean by that, right? You've got a, you got a company, they got 200 employees, they got a department that's got 20 to 30 people in it and things are so miserable, mm -hmm. right? Or so awful that you would, you would, I wouldn't say just like turn them down, but say like, Hey guys, like these are the symptoms of it's too far gone. Um, for me, and, you know, you should seek out this or you go into crisis management mode um, and pep talk rally and say, we got this like we can we can fix it. What what is teach us I, about that? What would yeah, you do? I mean, I have walked away from from one client. Um, same type of thing. It was just too much. This is kind of goes back to where we talked about, you know, each culture is their own. So yeah. I think one of the reasons I walked away was because that culture was its own and it wasn't going to be anything that I was teaching or that I was sharing. So they, uh -huh. they had their, they had their thing. They, they kind of knew their thing. And so that's kind of what I would, that's not what I would, that's what I did, which was talk to them and share with them that, Hey, here's your culture. Here's what's going on. And here's what I teach. And do you guys yeah. see how this is so different? And so, you know, that, that uh, Canyon is so great between us. Now, with that being said, I do have a lot of contacts with other leadership coaches and networking and, and whatnot. So right. I did offer up a few other folks oh, to, cool. uh, that they could talk to who, who dealt a little bit more with what was going on um, in their in their in their environment. Um, so you don't have an alligator hatch where you just let them fall through and, and, and <laughs> fall apart. You got people that you can reference them to. Okay. That's so right. with, it would be uh, very unleadership of me if I just, if I just threw them off. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's common. Um, you know, sorry, we don't provide that service here. Yep. Click it. Um, you know, yep. it happens, but um, all right. So what are some of the symptoms of a team that, that should be concerned? Um, you know, that, that the, the team's, not trending in the right direction and they, they need some intervention sooner than later. Yeah. So the first thing is, you know, are they communicating? Right. I mean, 
remember, these are just human beings. So it's a lot of just relationship stuff. So are your folks talking to one another? Um, and, you know, are they are they jovial? Are they actually talking? Or, you know, is it very just sharp? And like, hey, I wrote an email. It was three sentences long. I got my point across. And now I'm waiting for you to, you know, get back to me. Um, so there's a lot in the communication that you're looking for. So if they're not talking to each other, that's a great um, indicator. If they're siloing, so either their departments are siloing or just individuals are siloing, which basically means that they're kind of just working by themselves. Um, and more of the communication is grunts and nods as opposed to actual words and, and communication. Um, it's a little joking there, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready, ready to grunt. <laughs> like, oh, do I grunt? Do I not? <laughs> but um, so that's that's going to be one of the main um, kind of red flags that you'll see. Like, hey, something's going on here. The the culture is kind of headed in the wrong direction. Um, and then another thing too is, are you guys addressing problems um, and not just sugarcoating them and not just kind of saying you're addressing them, but actually addressing them? And if you guys kind of take an audit of yourself and, you know, you say, okay, yeah, we're listening to problems and we're, you know, we're telling them, we're addressing them, but you know, Doug, we're right. We're, we're not actually solving these problems. That is a, um, a good indicator that your management style is going to be very disconnected from your ICs, your individual contributors or your teammates, because your teammates are going to see the problems that are living with the problems all the time. And if management isn't tackling the problems, now you're, you're growing that, that void larger and larger because they're expecting you to solve the problems and you're not, you're not solving the problems. So if you can take a little self audit and be really honest with yourself, if you really are solving a lot of those problems, because I think that's part of, that's one of the things I see a lot of is we get really busy and we're trying to get more clients and we're getting more customers and we're trying to solve their problems. And, and internally we have, we, we will always have problems. It's a machine. Like you always have to have preventative maintenance, right? You always have to oil things. Your willingness <laughs> to bridge the gap right now and say like, yeah, I just do that self-assessment at the same time. I'm like, no, Doug, like people need to call you because and I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious about that. You know, that's what doctors should not be their own doctors. That's not <laughs> healthy. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so that's where like, if you're experiencing those types of things and then I would recommend turning to somebody like Doug. Um, you know, and saying, hey, man, you take a look at this, too. I mean, just tell him no if you don't want to hire him, um, but at least let him look at things. Um, and and I'm grateful that you didn't turn to what I know a lot of more established leaders. When I say more established, bro, I'm talking like 20, 30 years more than you, um, you know, but these these uh, they'll quickly be like, we have this robotic assessment to help us get to know personally the problems that are going on. And maybe you do that too. And there's a, there's a point of assessments, but uh, I see so many leadership gurus turn to these assessments, whether it's DISC or Myers-Briggs, et cetera. I love them. They're phenomenal. They're great. Um, but they have to be administered with a human touch and they have to be appreciated, comprehended, internalized, utilized, applied, mm -hmm in order for them to actually work. Um, and that's yeah. my, my humble opinion, I guess. So I got off my, my stool here, but you didn't do that. You talked about actually like to using your eyes and ears and not the AI for <laughs> once to, to solve some of these problems. So uh, would you use assessments too to some degree or do you have a preferred one that you turn to as part of the process? 
I do like assessments. Um, part part of what I teach actually comes off of the assessments, but I will agree with you. I also hate them, and mm. the reason is 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 because we just use them as assessments. Yeah, I think eighteen to twenty four years of school has taught us that if we take a test and we get a grade, that's our grade. Like I got an A in math, fantastic. What I like to teach is what do you do with that A in math? And that's the same thing with these assessments like DISC and Myers-Briggs is we get so excited that we get these four letter little labels and we go around and we tell our buddies that, you know, we're, we're this or we're that, that we forget that these things are what actually can help us interact with other people. And so that's what I use the, mm -hmm. the assessments for is when you realize that you have somebody over here who's an INTJ, um, F or I don't remember all the assessments. I thank you. Um, I don't either. I'll, I'll own it. I'll own it for you too, dude. Like I know they're important and valuable, right. but it's annoying when people condescend to you because they're like, right. you don't remember your Myers-Briggs right. stuff I, and you're I a don't. reader. And I'm like, I love you. Thank you for condescending right. at me. And we can still get along. Right. Um, irony. But, that, but that's, but that's the, like, the point is, I don't know the assessments. I know what to do with them. Like, so if this person is, is showing off these characteristics or these behaviors, here's the behavior I'm going to use with them to get more energy out of them, to get them driven, to have them be feel more excited to come to work. I don't, yeah. I don't care what your little label is. What I care <laughs> about is how do I drive you? And so just, yes, I, I appreciate the assessments. Dude, you got me, me crying golden tears if you can't see it here. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that's And why... that's proof, by the way, that our <laughs> earth does actually move because I've got a specific <laughs> barrier right yep. where the ding sun used to come onto my face at yep. this time of the day. Yep. And it's no longer working. So like, the only, yes, anyway, yep. you yep. space nuts out there who know how the whole universe thing works, like can help. I'm going to have to tape the whole thing, I guess. All right. Sorry about that, Doug. Um, no, it's just really right. annoying. The sun's right. But yeah, just going back, which was, space. you know, do I do an assessment? Do I do this? Do I do that? No, because it takes a personal touch. So ultimately, long yeah. story short, it takes a personal touch. And because of that, I do like to get involved. I do like to ask questions. I do like to have a conversation with with folks in the team because it's more than just it's more than just your A in math class or your INTJF yeah. uh, initials and stuff like that. So so uh, quick, quick favorite. If you had to name one, which one would it be? Assessment. Uh, Ocean. O-C-E-A-N. Oh. Yeah, that one's a little bit better than. Yep. I was yep. like, wait, that is how you spell it. But you're right. People don't know how to spell ocean. So that's fair. Um, ocean. Um, all right. Well, cool. and sometimes those things can have like a word, but then they're not all spelled the same way, right? Right. Like, exactly. Like, that's true, too. Yep. Um, yep. What I said Just only applies to, to <laughs> the grammar folks. Um, so, all right, cool. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience? Return back to your vision. What, mm. once, once you've, you know, you, you go through the practice, right? And there's tons of those practices out there too, is to how to get your vision and how to understand what you want to try to accomplish in life. When you start to dive into it, it gets, it gets messy. It gets a little bit dirty. It gets crazy. Come back to it every so often and review it. Make sure you're still on the, the right path, you know. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. You're not, you're, you mentioned it, you know, because if you're, you have your vision, mm -hmm. but then you have to build it 
or you have yep. to take the journey to get there. Right. And that means being in the present mm -hmm. and you can forget about the direction or the reality of what you're building when you get lost in the mundane details. Mm -hmm. Super wise words, man. You, you also you also find the the sh, you know the shiny object syndrome, where oh this is really cool, and so it's kind of like what I was thinking, and so I'm gonna go this direction, and then you forget like that you, you kind of got taken so far off the path that you forgot like hey I was like this was what actually was driving me. So oh go back and review your vision every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's very important to do um, regularly. So well said. All right, man. Um, well. Doug, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Uh, is there a place where people can connect with you best? Um, and is there a, you have a, a resource that you'd like to direct people towards? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So you guys can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm trying to get more and more into YouTube. I think a lot of the visualizations and, and sharing myself there. So hit up... Um, my uh, YouTube channel as well. It's just getting started. So you can find me both on LinkedIn and on YouTube with my name. Um, it looks like here that we have my website up that uh, will get you to a lot of the free training, the way to work with me, and then my blog so that um, you can kind of get my ideas on leadership um, focused on cognitive readiness. And then um, another leadership buddy of mine and I are on YouTube under UGH Leadership, U-G-H. And we're kind of putting together a little bit of a podcast where we're ripping apart some uh, posts and social media stuff that we think uh, are kind of funny. But, you know, leadership's a little tricky because it goes it's a little bit deeper than just, you know, a nice quote on, uh, on the, the LinkedIn page. Uh, and so we kind of take some other people's posts and we, we kind of dissect them and say why they're good or why they could use a little bit of help. So if you guys want a little, if you guys think some of those posts out there could use a little help, we do too. And so if you want to join us on UG Leadership, um, we'd, we'd love to see you over there too. Oh, interesting and fun. Is that an acronym or is that just the the sound of UG? Just the sound, the UG. Ah, you too. I love it. That's like the opposite of Charisma on Command, which is one of my favorite uh, YouTube channels out there. They're, they're so good at dissecting and showing how people are charismatic and when certain people fall apart. There's a certain Avenger they like to pick on, by the way. Um, but uh, I digress. UG on YouTube. How many videos do you have on there right now? Oh man, we just started that one too. So we might only have like a dozen or so. So sweet. We can binge it. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Binge worthy. <laughs> Go get it. Go see what he's up to over there. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's always helpful to learn from the experience of others. Um, mm -hmm. and especially with a leader who's looking at that for the sake of having a little bit of fun, but also providing some value to help you not, not fall into the same pit holes and, and traps. Is this it? That's it. Oh, so, I yeah, like it. It's like Minecraft videos, man, I was ready. Too. <laughs> cool, dude. That's awesome. Well, uh, best wishes on, on the YouTube uh, exploration. Uh, I hope we get to uh, go to VidCon together um, in the future. It's one of those YouTube, it's the YouTube uh, influencers event every summer um, that they right. host where all the cool YouTube people go. And it looks like a lot of fun. I've never been, I'm looking forward to it. So um, maybe this coming summer, we both get to go and tackle our YouTube dreams there. Um, Doug, it's been a pleasure. Um, we'll talk to you right after the show as well, as we wrap up. 
visionaries, uh, if you want to apply to be on the show and share your vision, don't hesitate to uh, to come on to uh, Vision Pro's website, uh, submit your application and uh, apply. You might be the greatest vision that somebody gets to hear um, and be inspired by. And if you have comments for Doug and I about the show, feel free to drop them on the social media platform of your choice, of, of course. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask. Uh, we're here for you um, and we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you.